Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 151. As England take on the USA in the second of their Pool C matches, we take a look at the 23 and ask what we want to see in response to their victory against Tonga. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hi guys, welcome back. Another game day, England taking on the USA. Uh, and of course, joining me to discuss it, Dan, you're here as always. How are you? Uh, hello, mate. Is this the last time we're relaxed about a game? Because from now on, after today, um, the games are starting to take on a bit more importance, aren't they? They, they are. I'm still fairly relaxed about our group in general. Um, I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see. We've seen Argentina against France. It'll be interesting to see both of them. In, um, in in future games, I did, I wasn't overly wowed by either side in in their clash, but you know it was a big game for them. So um, wasn't yeah. overly wowed by us either, to be fair. No, but we had a very different prospect. You know, for them it was very much they needed to go into that and treat it as a knockout game, whereas for England it was about how best to get a bonus point win. Um, yeah. I think that's a very different uh, proposition in terms of how you approach the game. And yeah, we we. You know, I certainly wasn't wowed by our performance against Tonga, but we got the bonus point win, and you know that's the most important thing. Uh, I think the key for us is to see growth. You know, and our games are in the right order to see that. Um, I, I 100% expect to see England more clinical today, um, but we'll come on to that. Uh, but yeah, as far as Argentina and France are concerned, I think you know we, I will reserve judgment until I've seen how they get on. What, what have we got coming up? Uh, Argentina against Tonga uh, tomorrow, um, so that will be an interesting one. And then France against the USA on do, do, Wednesday next week. Do you think Argentina Tonga will be interesting? I can't see Argentina losing. It, not 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 so much interesting as in I think that Tonga will turn them over, but I think um, it'll be interesting just to see to try and gauge their performance and their current um, their current standard. You know, we, we've we've seen Argentina and France come within you know, a couple of points of each other and, and arguably Argentina were robbed uh, by the Picamoles interception that was about three metres offside. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, the Argentina-Tonga game for me is interesting because we've seen what Tonga are made of against England. Let's see what they're made of when they come up against Argentina. And more importantly, let's see what Argentina are made of. So we get a try and get a gauge of where they are. Um, uh, but yeah, I, my point is the Argentina-France game for me didn't throw up any huge kind of concerns. Uh, I think this England team is more than capable of comfortably winning both of those games. Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely capable. I, I agree with that. Um, it's the rest of the group's interesting. Argentina are in a difficult position now. I mean, they, they need to, uh, I mean, it would have been the same if Argentina had beat France, but Argentina now know they need to beat us to realistically stand a chance of uh, getting through to the next, the next round. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Argentina France, that yeah, it's, it's almost a shame that they had that game first. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because for France, it's almost taken a bit of a bit of steam out of their sa- steam out of their sail, wind out of their sails. Um, <laughs> like in terms of they they don't need to worry as much. You know, if they were coming into this, I'm sure they weren't. I'm sure they were coming into the World Cup thinking they want to win the group and and you know be unbeaten. But if they were coming in quietly thinking, you know, we're probably going to be second. Argentina's our crunch game, uh, which is you know what the the kind of the rankings and, and <laughs> the bookies would have said. Um, yeah. Then I think that, you know the fact that they've managed to get that game out of the way early on and they've got a win 
just means that they can you know breathe a slight sigh of relief but you know France as as good as they can be on their day they they can also be the team that gets you know upset by an unexpected uh, opposition and you know in someone like a Tonga you never know because you know they are uh, big and aggressive and and I don't think it would happen but you never know I I would I would think in my head it's more likely Tonga would beat France and Argentina I don't think it's going to happen at all but I mean, Argentina just, like you say, Argentina are a bit more steady. Yeah. They don't just suddenly, France France can have just absolutely a weirdly odd crap days. That's what I mean, yeah. Argentina are a bit more like they, they are where they are. And and, yeah. and, that, and that's kind of why I'm, I'm interested to see how they get on. And, and not just the scoreline, because I think, you know, England's scoreline wasn't nearly as pretty as it could have been if you were to take away a lot of the uh, the handling errors, you know, the, the knock-ons and the fumbles and things. Um, are, are, we, are we worried about that? I, I'm not. No, but... I'm not because I think we've seen. You know, if you were to look at the last England's last five games instead of just their last game, and I know we always say you're only as good as your last game, but you know these these are things that you can't really. You know, as a team, England are not notorious for knocking the ball on or, or for, for fumbling. Exactly. The ball. Um, so, um, yeah, and even know, though we say you can only look at your last game, we have to manipulate facts to work for England. So yeah, exactly, and the England <laughs> rugby pod, of course. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, we're, we're manipulating facts for exactly that purpose. But you know, I, I, I genuinely think um, that you know we've seen we've seen some unbelievable unbelievable hands from the England boys. Um, so if they can do it one day, I don't think that you suddenly go to Japan and you just lost the ability to do that. Um, they'll have worked on it. Uh, maybe like you mentioned in the last pod, you know, a little bit of nerves. It's the opening of the World Cup. The last World Cup didn't go so well. Um, you know, they're in Japan. The, the climate, you've you've attempted to acclimatise yourself to it, but it's you, know, you can't beat the real thing. They're indoors. You know, there's lots of factors that could have played a part in it. Um, I, I just hope that today, because I think that same performance with without the handling errors is a completely different scoreline and England are running in tries for fun. So... I don't know. We'll see. There's talk of today them saying that you know they want to really kind of take it to to the USA early on. You know, whereas whereas with Tonga and we didn't hate it, but with Tonga they very much kind of held back at the beginning, not wanting to play into Tonga's hands. Yeah. Um. I, th- I think today the game plan is to go out there and try and kind of punish the USA right off the bat. And you know we've seen when England have done that successfully in the past, it can be quite damaging. Yes. Um, uh, and. Although, although there's huge changes, of course, which we'll go through, we have got some proper finishing players there. I mean, we've got, if the likes of Joe Fokanasinger or whatever it is, Elliot Daly, uh, JJ, if they get going, my God, the USA are in for a tough afternoon. Yeah, I mean, look, there have been, Evening, there have been 10 is. changes to the starting 15, but the 23 has only got five changes. So we've still got a strong, you know, we've still got a lot of the same guys. You know, I, I quite like the way he's doing this. We'll come on to, as you say, we'll come on to it in a moment. Let's 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 backtrack for a minute before we do, because that's that's the bulk of what this episode is going to be about. Um, but because we don't have a midweek episode this week, this is England's only midweek game. Um, we're just going to do a little bit of a kind of update on a few things that are going on in the World Cup as a whole. Um, but before getting on to that, we've had a couple of reviews. So I just want to... Uh, do those justice. So the first one is an email review from Matthew Lane. Um, he says, great podcast. He doesn't mention stars. I'm assuming five. Um, I and, hope so. And since, and since he, he hasn't told me, you know, he'll, he'll have to get in touch and let us know if it wasn't supposed to be. But uh, he says, <laughs> hi guys, I'm a British expat living in Japan and a relative newcomer oh. to rugby. I wanted to take the opportunity 
um, from this World Cup to learn more about the game. And I stumbled across your podcast by chance. I love the unabashed bias and it's giving me a great insight into the game and general concerns of rugby fans. As a resident of Yokohama, I was able to enter an advanced ballot for tickets to games at the Nissan Stadium and was lucky enough to get tickets to both semi-finals, one of which I fully expect to see England playing and winning. Keep up the good work, Matt. What the both semi-finals? Jesus Christ. Good for you, Matt. Um, there's part of me. Thanks very much for the review. I like that. I got tickets playing semi-finals. You will 100% get to see England playing that. And, uh, mate, I hope you enjoy it. And yeah, thanks very, for very jealous. Uh, another email. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually a bit pissed off. Yeah. But, you know, it's not his fault. But... Exactly. Another email review. Uh, another one where he forgot to mention the five stars. But we'll, we'll assume. We'll assume. He yeah. says, hi, guys. Long-time listener. First-time review. First of all, I'd like to thank you. As an Englishman living in Wales, it's next to impossible to hear anything good about the English side. Your weekly pod <laughs> fills me with confidence and helps drown out the usual English bashing I receive. I like your one-sided optimism, which will help rally support, which in turn must surely spur the team on and help England lift the Webb Ellis Trophy in just a few weeks' time. Keep up the good work. Come on, England. Mike C. I think, thanks a lot, Mike. I think I know what he's saying here. I think he is saying that... It's down to us for England are going to win the World Cup. I mean, that's what I took from it. Yeah, that, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Well done, us. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, we expect to hear England from the, the England World boys. Cup or do the England Rugby Pod win the World Cup? Well, I mean, maybe they need to make a but, replica of the Web LS to give to the England team and we should get the original. I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I'm throwing it out there. Works for me. Um, <laughs> finally, we've had a uh, another review on iTunes. Uh, this one is from... Oh, actually, this could be the same guy, Andy C. What did I just say? Um, oh, no, Mike, Mike C. Sorry, this is Andy C. Andy C, 2003. Great pod. Five stars, actually, given this time. Uh, he says, great pod that caters for the biased Englishman. Provides a useful alternative view to some of the more neutral pods. Good to hear some honest views from guys that just love their rugby. Yeah. Spot awesome. on. That's 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 exactly what we're doing. Glad you join it, Andy. It's and... nice when you, yeah, it's nice when you get people who understand us, isn't it? It, it is nice. It is. I mean, for, for you in particular, it's often yeah. difficult to understand you. <laughs> Very rare. Um, but yeah, look, great. Really appreciate those guys. Keep them coming. We'll keep reading them out. Obviously, if you've got questions, uh, you can reach out to us over email, like some of the guys did today. Whether that's for a review or to, yeah, to ask us a question or just tell us something interesting. I don't know. Um, if you're out in Japan and you've got any stories. Get in touch, let us know. Um, but that's englandrugbypod at gmail.com. You can get hold of us on social media at englandrugbypod. And of course, if you get the opportunity, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to iTunes, rate us, review us. Um, you can get links to iTunes on our Twitter account where we post all of our episodes um, after they go live. And, and today's will be no different. That'll be out probably about four. No, so, uh, the games are early, aren't they? So that'll be out, I don't know, one, two o'clock this afternoon. So. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Right. Uh, so the next thing, Dan, I wanted to um, talk about is, you know, with regards to what's going on in the World Cup away from the England camp. Um, there's obviously been in recent news this this um, calling out of the refereeing by World Rugby. Uh, yeah. And, and obviously the Reese Hodge incident um, has resulted uh, in a sighting, a three-month ban. <sighs> And I think, you know, Fiji, and we'll come on to to them in a minute, but, you know, Fiji rightly saying, well, hold on a second. You know, we basically, you know, one of their key players took out one of our key players, remained on the pitch and has subsequently been banned for three games. You know, what a difference it could have made if the correct call had been made at the time. 
is this a con- firstly is this a concern um for for this world cup um because you know they are right i mean fiji in that game were the dominant team at that point and um i forget his name but the the player the fijian player that went off you know was one of the dominant players in the fiji side at the time um <clears throat> and you know an incident like that and I'm not saying it was cynical because at the end of the day, when you've got a guy that's literally like a 10-ton boulder running at you, <laughs> sometimes all you can do is just put your body in the way and hope that you survive. But that doesn't make for us for, for safety. You know, that's not safe. And where player that's- welfare is concerned, which is so important right now, you know, rightly they've gone, unfortunately, no, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, there's a few points here. That, that's one way you can deal with it. Or you could deal with it how I would have and put your, body out of, put your body out of the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm not sure you make the first 15 of your national <laughs> side if you do that. <laughs> I think you struggle. Um, look, here's, here's my thought on it. Firstly, the refereeing, and there's a wider point here, there has been some pretty poor refereeing. But I've got a few I've got a few issues with it. That is sport. I don't mean poor refereeing or things like that. Like in any sport, sometimes decisions are made that are wrong and mm-hmm. unfair. Yep. But that happens across all sport, across the world. And yes, you want to minimise that as much as possible. Could it be an issue for this World Cup uh, sort of tackle thing? Yes, it could be. But it's, a, it's an issue in rugby generally at the moment. This isn't a surprise. I actually don't like... There's part of me that thinks, yeah, good. Do call out the referees and do make them self-analyse. I don't like how public it's been. I don't like how quickly World Rugby are just throwing under the bus their referees. I, I think... I, I, yeah, I hear what you say, but let's not forget a huge there song and dance. A huge well. song and dance has been made about the the high tackle laws. I mean, you know, the the no arms tackles, the shoulders. Look at all the abuse that Owen Farrell got. You know, and and, and to the point where they were saying, you know, this is going to impact this World Cup, and we're expecting to see loads right. of cards because because as you say, this is the game. It's a it's a physical contact sport, and these things do happen. So. So yeah, part of me is the old school kind of you know come on man up it's a it's a tough game. But then the other part is look if these are if these are the laws and if we're going to make a song and dance about them, then they need to be correctly refereed. And I think my biggest issue is not so much that I, I get that referees make mistakes, but there are now three referees on the pitch, and another one upstairs who can see the things that we all see when we when we analyze the games on on social media. How in that situation does it get missed? I mean, what? Why not? Why can? Why can there not be? So an incident like that occurs. The Fijians said, "We need you to go and look at that." The referee looked at it and said it was fine. It happened in front of one of the touch, one of the line judges who should have been able to call it as not fine at the time. But nevertheless, even if all of those guys, what they saw, it appeared that it was okay. The guy upstairs can see that it doesn't tick the right boxes for a safe tackle and he should be able to call it back even if it's 10 minutes later he should be able to call it back especially if it's a card because it does have an impact on the remainder of that game um, and I know people would say would argue that um, you know if if you can't beat the team with you know fi- with with with, f- with them having 15 men on the pitch you know then, then you shouldn't you're not really good enough to beat them full stop but at the same time this is the rules of the game is that if you break the rules, you potentially do find yourself uh, a man down uh, or, or more. So I don't know. I just, yeah, I feel like there's, it's almost like the referees have heard all of the sort of 
the doom and gloom surrounding, you know, oh, this World Cup's going to be ruined by cards. And they've almost decided, how can we avoid giving cards at all at all costs, you know, wherever possible, and save them only for when they're absolutely uh, kind of necessary. My worry and my question to you is, because of this and because of World Rugby calling them out, are we about to see a complete reversal of the way the refs are doing things? And are we about to see them throwing cards around <laughs> for fun? willy-nilly exactly um, so yeah that, that's a possibility and that's a shame i'm going to stick up for referees a bit here i think a lot of the time it is down to video ref or are you including i, I, I mean the whole referee? the whole the whole yeah, team yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so even yeah. if even if the ref on the pitch because the ref on the pitch is one he's one guy running around amongst another 30 of them one out of 31 so yeah he's going to miss things for sure but then that's the reason why world rugby have introduced um not, not introduced touch judges but he's basically made them second referees because they've they're all connected they're all mic'd up so when they see things they tell the referee so you know they've introduced that feature so you've now now you've actually got three guys on the pitch who are watching but actually it goes beyond that you've got to go upstairs with with all the video analysis necessary to see almost everything on the pitch from every angle so there really should be no excuse for missing something like i guess my point is there shouldn't be situations in today's game where a player gets sighted for an incident that was looked at at the time and 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 nothing came of it that that's yeah. the bit that i that i struggle with you know it, so, it's one so, thing to miss a knock on or an offside or something but when a player ends no, up getting cited no. for an incident how is that and it was looked at at the time how's that been missed so so this is this is why i agree with you i agree with that i and is it a concern? Do you know what? Yeah, it is a bit of a concern. I, I we'll have to we'll have to wait and see how it plays out because I genuinely don't know how how the rest will go. But yeah, I'd like to see better better refereeing there and just a better system. I don't have the answer, but a better system so that this stuff doesn't happen. But when you were saying it's one thing to miss an offside in that much, yeah, sure. Oh, it's still costly, but, yeah. But the refereeing of the offside has been that's the thing that's pissed me off the yeah. most. I mean. Some games, and I'm not. I'm not saying you know any one team's game more advanced than another. Sometimes when I'm watching the games, France against Argentina was one thing. The amount of offsides there, I mean, insane. Yeah, I it mean was, that, that that comes down to the people on the pitch, and the, and and the line judges are in the exact position to see that because if they're not, they should be lining themselves up with the offside line so that anyone that crosses their field of vision is offside and it can be called. Yeah, I mean, so there's no I, I excuse want... for that. No, no, not at all. And I don't want to cause any sort of controversy here, but I do know for a fact that a load of referees have taken bribes. <laughs> and and, and uh, you have evidence, of course. If anyone, I have evidence. I'm not, I'm not into sharing. If anyone, now, if anyone just, needs that evidence, just just subscribe to the England Rugby Pod. Yeah, right time and place, but yeah, I think I think we can say that is definitely happening. Um, well, I mean, yeah, something's got to explain it. It's uh, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, but this just goes to the to the to the wider point. You know, the refereeing's not been great so far, um, with the exception, I think, of the guy and I forget his name who refereed England against Tonga because I thought he was brilliant. He did, he did a great game, didn't he? Yeah. Um, man of the match for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, the, the high tackle thing. Going back to it, um, I don't know if you managed to see either the live game or the highlights of the Samoa uh, against Russia match. Um, it wasn't top of my agenda, mate. I must admit. No, but but it perhaps should have been. And I think if anyone gets hasn't seen it and gets the opportunity, you should watch it because that was a ferocious game. But more importantly, there were some hideous decisions from Romain Poit, um, where, where 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 the Samoan players, I mean, literally took off the Russians' heads. I think it was actually the same Russian that got hit both times. 
Um, but, you know, he practically lost his head twice. And on both occasions, it was basically, this is a red card. And then the video ref said, oh, hold on a second, though. Is there, uh, you know, mitigating circumstances? And when he looked at it again, you know, the the, the Russian... It- had a had a fraction of a you know maybe dropped like half a centimeter because that's what happens it's called gravity um, and suddenly <laughs> yeah. that means oh it's okay you, take, you can take his head off now doesn't matter that you were leading with a shoulder doesn't matter that you didn't attempt to wrap doesn't matter that you literally went through him and out the other side in the case of the second one it doesn't matter that your collision uh, was so bad that you knocked yourself out um, both ended up being yellows instead of reds and I, I, you know, to me it's it's baffling that that was a decision that was come to after careful consideration because he basically went through the check mark checkpoints on the the ref mic you know was it was it this was it that was it the other yes 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 oh but wait it was limited mitigating circumstances because the, the the defending player the attacking player ducked well he didn't but and that apparently makes it a, a yellow instead of a red so, 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 so mitigating circumstances i do agree with because i thought there were times not oh. in this World Cup. But well, the Anthony Watson one, I agree with, because Anthony Watson dropped about two feet. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's so. Wrong so with I that think at all. But I think that was okay. But these these ones, I mean, know. yeah, I have seen these tackles. These were red cards. But from Roman Poit's defence, there's one of two things that's happened here. Either he's seen a team wearing blue and he thinks it's a French team, <laughs> or he's like that guy's huge. I'm not going to send him off. Don't want to risk it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to risk it. I, I've just seen what that guy can do to another man. I don't want to put myself in that position. Fair enough. Um, no, mate, you're right. They're, they're wrong decisions. Uh, it does need to be addressed. I'm sure it will be, and I'm sure... But this is my point. This is my worry, is that, is that yes, it will be addressed, but will they now kind of com- compensate? Not, yeah, and that's that's the concern, isn't it? We don't want to see them it compensate is, yeah. by kind of getting a bit uh, free with the old red cards. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think that, yeah, the... the the key message to the players is just to try and the trouble is, is what try and calm it down. Well, we don't really want that, but um, yeah, some, somehow just uh, stop trying to kill people. Maybe maybe that's the, the message. You know, this is this is a, a contact <laughs> yeah. sport. It, it's it's not a to the death sport. So just try not to kill well, anyone. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good starting point. Yeah, can take take it from there. Anyway, moving on from from that, um, Fiji who looked, we've just been talking about, who looked obviously very strong against Australia, especially for that first 60 minutes, who we genuinely believed were a threat in Group D and, and had an opportunity to cause an upset. Um, you know, Wales being less of an attacking team, um, perhaps, you know, a genuine concern for them, just got beaten by Uruguay. Yeah, that was... Do we, I know nothing about Uruguay. I... Uh, well, look. Let's let, to, to, let's put things in perspective and and to and to kind of explain why the Fijian fans and probably the first fifteen are so angry. Um, Twelve changes got made for that game, and I know they had a three day turnaround, and that that obviously means that it is difficult, and and you do need to be able to make changes. But twelve changes um, to the side that that you know were beating Australia at sixty minutes, um, right. And then on top of that, they they only got one out of six kicks, so they left oh. a good nine or ten points out there. Um, and you know, we we've been, we've, seems we've some players been. are taking bribes as well. <laughs> it does seem that way, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it does now look like they've probably scuppered their chances. They, I mean, they're, they're out. They're out. Of course well, they are. if if they were still to beat Wales, and if Australia were to beat Wales, then you've got a points difference question to be asked 
of Wales and Fiji. So yeah, I think Wales will win that. Wales aren't going to lose to Uruguay, and will actually probably rack up a lot of points against Uruguay. Yeah, um, that is that that is true. But yeah, it, it's not. I mean, I guess I guess from from our point of view, you know, being big fans of the Welsh. Um, do we do, do we think that Fiji are now looking at that game as their kind of you know the world their World Cup's probably over but that game is their opportunity to just that's their final put yeah. down a marker. Um, I mean, it could be yeah. a very it could be a very interesting group. I mean, it, you know, for Wales to qualify on points difference, that that sends a message of its own, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. I. It's, I mean, it's a big ask. Anyway, you know, we still, we still, Wales could still beat Australia, even though they've only won three out of their last twenty-five meetings. Yeah, it's only like they've only won one once, like once in ten years or something. But that was the last time they played. True. True. So only as good as your last uh, game. As as they say, they've got the monkey off the back. Why the Welsh need to insist on carrying monkeys on their back is beyond me. But they've got rid of that. It's that's a good game. Uh, the Fiji Uruguay, a big shock. The changes, yeah, you do kind of have to make changes. They've just had, they've just had a really tough game against Australia. But is that too? You know, is that the way to go? I mean, you know, even England aren't well, making that many changes. I, I don't. They didn't make the changes thinking, oh, actually, we might lose now. They made the changes thinking we should be fine. Sure, like, but, but he's we know, you know to miss five kicks. Is but he, Fiji so. don't have the kind of strength in depth really to be able to field two separate sides, pretty no, much in a World but, Cup. Um, I mean, but, by all accounts, but as bearing well. in mind the Wales game coming up, yeah, yeah, yeah. in their head they're but, thinking, well, the Wales this is our chance of qualifying. We need to make sure our best players are in the best possible position. The Wales game's their last game, though, so they've got some time until that one. That's not until the 9th of October. Yeah, but you still you need to keep your players. You know, you want to make sure you keep your players fit. Why risk them getting injured in a game you're bound to win? Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's. It's unfortunate, but that, again, that's why sport's brilliant. I'm pretty sure when South Africa went down to Brighton, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. Japan, they weren't thinking, "Oh, we might lose this." No, this is very, this is very true. Anyway, well, let's let's turn to the the star of the show for today, um, and yeah, England against the USA. Um, as I said at the beginning, we've made ten changes to the starting fifteen. Billy starting again. That's now four warm up games and the first two. So I, I'm pretty. So this isn't um, this. This is a ploy. And Eddie Jones has said, which is clearly in reference to Billy. Some players, it may not have even been Eddie Jones. One of the England staff. I think he said it of Billy stuff. specifically. Oh, maybe yeah. Some players need to play week in week out. This I'm sure is not something. I, I'm sure it's not a scenario where Billy's sort of like, oh god, I've got to play again. I'm pretty sure Billy will be like, no, I need to play every game if yeah. I'm oh, to play at my best. I 100% agree. However. You think back a season, and it was Billy Vanapola leading the charge, you know, and the whole sort of player welfare and and players getting enough rest kind of debate. I had not considered that point, but that's a very good point. Thank yeah. you. So I mean, yeah, I'm not. That's not to say that he's not saying he wants to play every game. I'm sure he is. It's a World Cup. He's probably gone. Do you know what? We've been training to for for a seven week uh, for a seven match um, World Cup campaign. I want to be involved in all of it. So, but yeah, it's just a, it's just an interesting one, isn't it? Because for a guy who made such a thing about needing to get rest kind of built into to a schedule, he just doesn't seem to want to have very much of it right now. And, <laughs> and all the better for us, because as long as he just stays injury-free, um, you know, he's obviously a force to be reckoned with. But um, I did think that these were the two games where we, you know, if you, I, I, part of me feels like 
That's all well I'm and good. I'm amazed he's not rested. This give him, game. give him one amazed. of them off. Yeah, give him the USA off, and then it's like, okay, we you've now got to do Argentina, France. Uh, can't remember who we expect to get in the quarters. Um, ah, New Zealand yeah. in the semis, South Africa probably in the final. So I think Wales quarters possibly. Um, Wales or Australia? Well, we get. Not, not, not Fiji. Wales, Australia, or Fiji is our quarter final. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so I think we we're uh, expecting Wales, um, or yeah, or possibly Australia. Go, it could be a tough running. Um, yeah, I'm amazed Billy's not rested for this one. This is clearly a decision. We we have to back that decision because this won't be a decision made. I mean, Eddie James for boss, obviously, but. You know, if Billy's saying, um, and I remember hearing James Haskell in one of his potentially saying things that the players each morning go in and they, um, I believe they do a form and it says, how are you feeling? And it's like one to five. And James Haskell remembers saying that no one needs to read those forms. So Eddie Jones came in and if you put on the form, I'm feeling one, meaning your body's completely battered. Your feet. Eddie would say, okay, you're not doing any physical trip. Like Eddie does take that. Yeah. Seriously, so I'm sure if there was a hint that Billy wasn't feeling 100%, you know, wasn't really up for it, wasn't feeling good and throwing his body, I'm sure Eddie wouldn't Yeah, he'd take, take it seriously and, and, and rest him. Yeah, exactly. And he um, said, you know, there are some players that do need to be rested and, you know, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to work out based on this game that that's Manu, <laughs> Maro, yeah. Sam Underhill, Jamie George, Johnny May. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I mean, some need to be rested, and some, and sometimes not necessarily that they all need to be rested. But you know, Eddie's confident that if they have a rest, it's not going to affect their performance. I, do you know what? Now. I genuinely feel though that my my biggest concern, concern is that in the last five games, in the last five Test matches for England, we haven't seen anyone else in the number eight shirt. Yeah, that, that's that's to me that's a concern. Um, you know what um, happens if. And I, I, I think that's, I think that is something that I, I'm sure the England management are for. But I think Eddie's okay. planning to to rest him for the final. <laughs> that, would, that would be such a mug off. Now, could you imagine? We'd all be like, even however much faith we have in Eddie, if he did that, we'd be like, what? The? I think people would say, no, no, Eddie, yeah. he's not going to do that. Let's no, not worry not. ourselves about that. Okay, so turning a little bit to the to the USA, um, we we had a chat about. USA some time ago we had an episode we were talking about it um and specifically we were talking about you know when I guess not if uh you know when the USA are going to become a a kind of a, a not not a dominant force in world rugby but but you know a competitive force in at the top flight of world rugby because there's no question as a nation they have the ability they have the quality of talent yeah, the talent in um in sports in general, but you know, if they can get it right at gr- grassroots, they have the ability to to have you know some of the best players in the world. But yes, it's going to take yeah. time. Um, uh, when's not today? So no, but it's, it's not. Today. It's not this World Cup. I think we actually said probably two World Cups time. So not this one, not the next one, but the one after. Um, but they've made huge strides, and you know, to give them their credit, like on the seventh have, circuit, have they, have they made huge strides? Well, they certainly have in sevens. Have they in fifteens? Yeah, I think so. From where they from where they were, okay. I mean the fact that in the seventh on the seventh circuit they've re, you know they, in they've recently beaten England, Fiji, and New Zealand. Oh, um, on the sevens, definitely. I just meant in fifteens. Yeah, yeah, it's a different game. It's a different game, but it's. Yeah. I think, I think, I think you, you've you know they used to be a whipping boy. 
I, I wouldn't go so far as to call them that now. I mean, it doesn't. It does help when you have someone like is it Carlin Isles? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that his name, Carlin? That, that sounds right. That does sound right. If it's wrong, it's very similar to that. Does, does the hundred meters in ten point one five? No. Is this the best uh, day to take Johnny May out of the equation, or do you just? That's quicker than my first car. <laughs> well, <yes>. so that... <laughs> that, that um... is true. I mean, that's almost quicker than than you with your missus in bed. <laughs> it's not that quick. Um, it's yeah, no. Uh, it's it's all very well. Like speed is huge, but you know, let's not uh, let's not overly worry. It's not as if our, it's not as if we've got slow players out there. No, 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 not at all. Um, I mean, look, they, they, clearly the sevens is where, what they're building from um, and they're doing a good job kind of converting players at the moment. You know, but, but like we said, they're not, they're not there yet. Um, God, I hope I don't rue saying that. Um, oh, but yeah, it, it probably means that they're going to play, Try they, they will play a quite a free-flowing game if, if they get the opportunity. And so the key, I think, for England is going to be, you know, to, to starve them of possession. Um, and... And I then think England's all-round attacking game is going to overwhelm them and be too much. Um, interestingly, John Mitchell coached the Eagles in 2016-17. You know, actually helped them qualify for this World Cup. Is that going to be an advantage to us? You know, he's going to have a pretty good idea of the kind of the, the inner workings of the USA side and, and how they approach games and their kind of mentality and things. And you know, is that going to be an advantage? I would think so. Uh, yeah, it's certainly not going to be a disadvantage, is it? So. Um... How much of an advantage, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I think that that's just, they're the small things that might help out. Uh, I The USA, that's a potential, but potential means piss all where come a World Cup, really, doesn't it? So, let's not worry. That England team we've got out, yes, it's changed from what would probably be seen as our first team. That is still a very, very strong team in world rugby. That is still a top world rugby team. Oh, without, I think the thing so, with England, let's not forget, England have got a... A, a top world thirty-one man squad. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, any re- really any kind of connotation of of, of a twenty-three is going to look strong. Um, I mean, if you were to look at the fifteen alone, you might you might say there are one or two, there are one or two um, kind of weak links, if you like, um, but not so much as to as to cause any major upsets. But when you look at what's What's you know available to come on from the bench? You know it's a strong twenty-three, and as Eddie keeps saying, we've picked the best, the best possible team for the USA. <laughs> you know he's very good at kind of when people say, "Oh, you you pick your best team," and you know what what about this person? What about that person? He's very quick to kind of say, "This is the best team for this game. We have a game plan. This is our best twenty-three to execute it," uh, and I quite like that. Yeah, it's a cop out, but yeah, I do. Yeah, of course, I it's a cop out, but you know that's part of his job is to feel is to is to manage the media and, and not let them get carried away and asking silly questions, especially when the answers are things he doesn't want anyone to know because he's keeping his cards close to his chest for obvious reasons. Yes, you know, yes. Don't uh, don't don't take away your bargaining power. Um, so, look, so, so looking at the best team to play the USA, uh, who are you most excited about? Big Joe. Yeah, I'm excited about. I'm still excited about seeing Rory McConaughey. I don't think we. I don't think he got the chance like last time out. Not, you know, due to the name, the nature of the way the game went. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. I hope I he think gets Jonathan Joseph as well. Yeah, he's God, been JJ, looking. He's, he's been looking pretty, pretty he's dangerous. Getting sharper recently. and sharper, doesn't he? Um, and yeah, I think, and I think with with Henry Slade 
clearly still struggling a little bit. I mean, he's not been included here. He's not had very much game time. He obviously was on his way back from injury. Um, he looked to be in a little bit of discomfort just after he came on against Tonga. Um, the fact that he's not been selected here would suggest to me that he's still you know, back in recovery again. It, it does seem that he, um, yeah, he doesn't seem 100%, does he? I, Henry Slade is a, a genuine concern to me. Yes, give him time because he's a quality player, but also make a call quicker sooner rather than later. Yeah. If he's not going to make it, it is probably the time to get someone out as soon as possible. Yeah, agree. Well, and then there's obviously Mako and Jack Knoll as well, who who are possibly not going to be available until knockout phase stages. So, and and, and as we said a few weeks ago, you know, ha- not so much with Mako because we know exactly where he goes and when, but with Jack Knoll, given the quality that we currently have in the back three, and the fact that he he himself is also <laughs> awesome, like where does he fit into this side? With the amount of games a 31 man squad. It's a lot to ask to carry a player, even for a short time. So yeah. to potentially to be, we're currently carrying two players, argue potentially three. It puts it puts some strain on the squad. Uh, but hey, look, let's not worry about that. Do you know who else? I've just seen it, and I've known this all week. Willie Hines. Yeah, Willie Hines. He's, he's um, he's got another chance because he he never, in my mind, was never really a c- considered starter until the warm-up games when he started playing then I was like oh wow and he now must be giving Eddie some headaches and if he has another stormer today that'll be interesting to see well yeah yes and no uh I mean you know there are only two scrum halves so he and Ben Youngs are going to be involved in every game one of them starting one of them coming off the bench and I don't know if that's so much of a headache because you know the the way that he picks you know has them playing I mean we've said We've always thought of Willie Hines as more of a finisher when you're looking at the two of them. Or I think, actually, no, we've always looked at Ben Youngs as being not a finisher. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think it, I think it's less of a headache question because I think if 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 they're, if if they're both in the twenty three, I think that's the problem. I think the headaches come when it's deciding who to pick in the twenty three and who to leave out rather than who to start. And I think yeah. that's, but that's a sign of the strength that England have yeah, in depth at the moment. So yeah, that, that's less of a concern for me. But I am looking forward to seeing Willie Hines getting a start. And, and you know, given that England have said, and, and I'm hoping to see that they're looking to start fast and really attack in the early stages. I think it, it, to me that makes sense. You know, Willie Hines is someone that's going to make that more more of an option for England. Um, obviously, yeah, Manu not involved, um, but Big Joe is. So we've got that kind of size in the back in the back line and obviously he likes to come off his wing and get involved in the in the midfield and, and off the off the pack um so it's interesting to see how they how they bring him into the game Piers Francis he's still one of those ones I'm hoping it's going to be another Henry Slade situation where I kind of just well, yeah I hope he gets injured no <laughs> I'm hoping that it's one of those where I continue to be like I don't get it I don't get it I don't get it and then all of a sudden oh I do get it I oh he's there uh, I I, I don't. I sort of made my piece of it. I don't think he's a match day squad person for the final. Midweek um, games. He is a midweek games. He's got a part to play. Um, so yeah. fair enough. Okay. Well, on the bench, Anthony Watson. Uh, do, are we going to see Anthony Watson come on for Elliot Daly at fullback? I, I hope so. I, uh, I, I, I would, give I... give both McConaughey and Thocken a singer, unless Daly moves into onto one of the wings. Give them a full a full eighty. 
Yeah. Farrell at 12 or Farrell at 10? Uh, I don't know. I think he might come on as a 10. Actually, no, I think George Ford will play the full game. Do so you think he come he'd just straight swap Farrell for Francis at, at some point? If at all, yeah. I think he'll definitely make I think he'll definitely make the change at some point. I think it's kind of a given. You don't get the guys, you know, up for the game and, and sitting on the bench and then not give them any game time these days. I think it's important to to give them their cap and to and to give them you know, just get game time generally. So I think we'll definitely see him coming on. Um it's just I guess a question of whether he gets sort of thir- twenty or thirty minutes. Uh, uh yeah. And then yeah, you want you wanted to see Jack Singleton start, but he's he'll be coming in coming on from the bench, so you'll you'll get to see him having a run out. I it's, it's not that I'm desperate to watch him play. I I know who I know who he is. It was more about you know, he he's out there now and, and fair play. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be there, but I am just saying that this is the game to play him. Fair enough. Okay, question for you. So I thought Ludlam was a six and Curry and Underhill were the sevens, but Eddie liked having Curry and Underhill both playing. So, uh-huh. that, so that's why Curry's been covering six when he, when he's got the Kamikaze kids uh, in his back row. But today, yeah. Curry's a six and Ludlam's a seven. That's because the starting team, and I don't know this is true, but in my head, in Eddie's head, the starting is Underhill and Curry. So he and wants he wants to Curry to get as much chance at six. at six. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, I was going to say, but then do you, what's the value of having... Uh, my, my worry with having a six playing seven and a seven playing six is that they basically just play the part of the role that they're used to. But from the up, I, from the opposite sides, these days as a back three, I mean, I don't think you necessarily look at it as this person has to be a seven, this person has to be a six. You have to look at it as a back three unit, and will between that back three, are they going to cover everything that's needed to be achieved within the game? Yeah, true. I mean, okay, so so then the big the big question, given that we that Billy is starting again, is Wilson coming on for Billy at eight at some point in this game? Uh, or is Billy doing I, another eighty-minute shift? I would like to say Wilson's coming on at half time, but I just I think I think I think Billy's going to do an eighty-minute shift. I hope he doesn't. Like, there's just no, no need for I, it. I know, I know. There's just no need for it. Give him some rest. But anyway, we shall see how that pans out. But Launchbury Cruise—that's a—that's a nice. I mean, we never have. Yeah, in, in I, like that, I like that. Literally, uh, yeah. any any combination of the awesome foursome looks good on paper. Uh, and I'm sure it will translate onto the pitch. George Cruz is looking awesome at the moment. Joe Launchbury, we've often said he doesn't really have bad games. Um, He's a great player. So, you know, two two great options there. And then obviously Courtney Laws is on the bench and can come on for one of them or, or Big potentially goose. he can come on. Have you seen, have you seen the uh, Dove advert where he's, in, where he's in there? Is it Dove that Courtney Laws loves that advert? When he's talking about his kids? Yeah, if you watch that again, in that advert, for everyone who's watching, next time look closely, he headbutts his daughter in it. <laughs> just, just thought I'd point that out. I, 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 I love Big Goose to bits, but I'm like, don't headbutt kids. <laughs> yeah, heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Child beater. No, he's not a child beater. <laughs> he's not a child beater. What are we talking about? He's an awesome <laughs> member of the awesome foursome. Uh, yeah, he'll be coming on at some point, either in the second row or possibly back row if um, if Eddie makes wholesale changes, so... We'll keep an eye out for that. Um, what what do we... Okay, I guess kind of lastly, Dan, what do we want to see from England today? Obviously, we need the win. Obviously, we want, we're looking for a bonus point. Um, the last time these guys met, I believe, was the 2007 World Cup. 
certainly after the last time they met in a World Cup, where England won 28-10. So not massive margins. Um, but if that <laughs> was four... How did we get to the final that year? <laughs> we were so shit. Well, we did. But we, we, we were pretty poor early on. And do you remember that was the one where Delalio basically took the team to one side and just said, right, forget the coaching stuff. We're doing this for us. And and just something, some some switch got flicked. Do you remember we were watching? I think we were watching it in the Lizard Lounge. Oh, it, God, yeah. It set it up. And, um, yeah, the, the, the smoking ban had just come in. They ignored that. Of course they did. Um, and, uh, and England just, yeah, it, once they made it into the knockout stages, they were a different side. And yeah, Andy Sheridan. I, I seem to remember Andy Sheridan single-handedly, single-handedly yeah, ruined Australia. Yeah. That was nice. That, <laughs> that was, was nice. good. That was good. Um, uh, and then France, and then yeah, the final we faced South Africa again, and there was of course that Mark Cueto uh, try that they looked at for about three hours before ruling it no try, foot in touch. Which, to be fair, you know, has since been proven by by, by a single blade of grass. Uh, at the time, at the time, I was calling the referee the biggest cheat going, even though at the time I did also know that it wasn't. Of course, we all knew, we all knew. Yeah. Um, but that's what it's all about. Um, but yeah, so what, what what are we looking for today? You know, what is a, what's a result for us? Um, we, we need to improve be, on last week. We, we need to be more clinical. Yeah. Um, a bonus point win, I think, I think is a minimum we should expect. I think we just need to see us be more clinical, less mistakes. Yeah. Uh, again, another good defensive performance and some strong we need to see we don't need to see but I, I, what I'd like to see is some individuals really maybe periphery individuals putting their hands up to say look at me as uh, the World Cup as a World Cup final starter yeah I mean I think they need to be doing that throughout I think for me it doesn't have to be pretty I'd like it to be of course we want to see some of the flair that we know these guys have got but it doesn't have to be pretty but it does need to be an improvement I think the, the key thing for this England team throughout this World Cup is that game on game we need to improve yeah. Because that's you know that 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 growth uh, and that kind of process, if you like, is what's going to win a World Cup. Um, so I want to see an improvement on the Tonga game, um, and you know that doesn't necessarily mean a bigger scoreline because at some point that becomes silly to expect. But um, but yeah, I, I think a, a win, a bonus point, ideally, but but most important, you know, not most importantly, the win's most important. Secondly, uh, yeah, in, an improvement. Um, I have got a couple of questions that I've just pulled up. I mean, to be fair, I just completely plagiarised them from the BBC website. So anyone who's been so keep, the BBC, keeping the BBC an eye on uh, a couple of <laughs> yeah. anyone who's been keeping an eye on uh, on what's going on using the BBC website will already know the answers to these questions. <laughs> but I thought, do you know what? I'm going to ask them anyway. Let's see if Dan's been paying attention. Um, so yeah, quick four question quiz for you, Dan. Oh, love it! And some of our listeners love quizzes. Multiple, some of them, some of them, some of them love love quizzes. Yeah, uh, multiple choice. Um, the first question is: David Campisi helped Australia beat New Zealand in the nineteen ninety one semi final. Yeah. How did he rile the All Blacks during the hacker? Was it A? He, he ignored it, didn't he? Was it A? I'm oh, sorry. Was, it, was it A? He was laughing during the hacker. Was it B? He advanced on them. Was it C, he ignored it and kicked a baller out on the back of a pitch? Or was it D, he sang the Australian national anthem over the top of it? I didn't know he was kicking the ball about it. I'm sure he ignored it. I'm sure he just didn't give it some day. Correct. Uh, thank you. Stop jumping the gun. There are four, <laughs> there are four options for each question. <laughs> I like miss this there we, as well. We need to give the listeners an opportunity to okay. hear the options so that they can also answer. All right. I apologise. I, I will not do that again. Especially if you've already read, seen this quiz and you already know I, the I, I haven't. 
seen Question it. number two. When Lomu, Lomu, burst onto the scene in 2005 and he ran in four tries against England in the semi-final, what did Brian Moore suggest as a solution to the Lomu problem? Was it A, lower body position in the tackle? Was it B, an elephant gun? Was it C, a three-man uh, marking system at all times? Or D, uh, change the laws to make it a non-contact sport? Uh, uh, I, I don't know, but bearing in mind who Brian Moore is, and probably an elephant gun. <laughs> That's my guess, I don't know. Uh, correct, Dan. Oh, of course, it's Brian Moore. Yeah, it wasn't going to be a tactical. It wasn't going to be a serious answer, was it? It's either going to be the no contact of the elephant gun, but yeah, so. Exactly. Uh, Okay, question number three, two to go. Uh, When France beat New Zealand at Twickenham in the 1999 semi final, how many. One of my favourite games ever. How many unanswered points made for their 43 31 victory? Was it 33, 25, 21, or 20? I think it's 33. I mean, it was an insane amount. I'm pretty sure it was 33. Correct. Yes. No, I remember that game and I, 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 didn't know, I didn't know the exact answer, but I, yeah, 33. That was such an incredible game. 33 unanswered points. That's insane. Mammoth. Uh, fine. Final, final question. Um, as the clock was running out in the 2003 semi-final between Australia and New Zealand, George Gregan twisted the knife with some well-timed sledging, but what did he say? Was it A, not here, mate, not in my backyard? Or not here, mate, not in my backyard? Uh, Was it B, uh, can't wait to hear your excuses this time? Was it C, four more years, boys, four more years? Or was it D, he didn't say anything, instead he mimed someone choking? I seem to remember an interview on this ages ago. I'm pretty sure. I don't understand. I'm pretty sure it's four more years. Four more years, boys. Four more years. That's exactly yeah, I, what he said. I seem to remember. Yeah, I seem to remember one of the Kiwis mentioning that once before in an interview. Is, is that correct? That is correct. Four That's out correct. of four, Dan. Oh, wow. Boom. Um, obviously, it'll transpire uh, once we finish recording that Dan did, in fact, do this quiz himself on BBC and looked up all the answers. But I actually hadn't. Let us know how you got on, guys. It's a nice, simple one um, just, to, just, to get, just to get us warmed up for this, uh, for this game. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dan, unless you've got anything else to add. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm sure at half-time there'll be, uh, there'll be plenty to add. In which case, we shall leave you guys with the anthem and we will be right back. So that was, uh, we said before, Dan, that we wanted to see improvements um, against, as, as from what we saw against Tonga. Um, it's, it's by no means perfect, but there are definite improvements. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it is improved. Um, what are my thoughts? Uh, 
We've got three tries, so that's good. Uh, up front, they're not posing us any problems whatsoever. I, I thought, with our players, I was hoping we might open them up a bit more in the backs. I mean, uh, I think we have to, I think first and foremost, we have to give credit to the USA defence, the Blitz defence in particular. But you know, defensively, they're fronting up. Um, yes, yes, they are. Yeah. And, and actually, um, you know, when England are, are trying to, to run the ball through the backs, generally speaking, they aren't finding the gaps. Um, no, true. There's been a couple of kick-throughs right at the end there. Obviously, uh, frustrating to see that not convert because it clearly could have could have been could have been converted. Um, but you know, they're, they're causing us a few problems when we're trying to run the ball through the backs. The forwards is a, is a different story. I mean, if England decide in the second half to simply stick the ball up the old jumpers and play old school rugby, I think I think they score. I mean, at the moment, a a scrum, an England scrum or line out anywhere inside their twenty-two is a genuine scoring threat. Line outs in particular. Uh, that, well, that scrums rolling, are pretty much a penalty. That rolling maul is uh, is yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, that rolling maul is uh, is just unstoppable. Um, and I think England, you know, I don't know. Where, I, I think what they need to do is come out in the second half and just keep doing that every time that that presents itself. Do it, score the points, and then if there's if there's a nice big gap with 20 minutes to go then try again out the backs but it's at the moment I think we need to give them a little bit more respect um something that's that's starting that is frustrating me that it's happened a few times now is when it's England ball and there's a ruck and we just we we apply no none of our own men to the ruck and they are countering and, and it's almost like we're kind of saying well we, the ball's on our side of the of the ruck therefore we deserve to have it and then we get turned over I just, I just want to see a little bit more. I don't know what the word is. Like, do, do you know what I mean? It just feels, it feels a little bit loose. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Um, over, overall, it's pretty. I mean, these games, we've got to be realistic. I mean, what are we expecting there? You know, it's not a friendly thing. These to the USA and to Tonga, these games will be huge. They will throw everything at it. We're controlling the game. We've got three tries. Yeah, nineteen nil. George Ford misses his first. First kick in the in fifteen. He's fifteen from fifteen, and then he's missed one, uh, which is unfortunate. But oh, oh, you're only as good as your last kick, George. <laughs> Let's hope that's not true. Um, but uh, yeah, nineteen nil, solid start. You know, teams generally, except maybe the All Blacks, um, you know, close out games in the second half. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a you know it's a pretty solid start. Uh, bonus points shouldn't be too tough. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see us score the same number of points again in the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. Uh, oh, but... I think it'll be last 10, 15 minutes of the second half. No, we're going to score the whole lot again then. Oh, okay. okay yeah, good, yeah. Good. It's, it's going to be big. Um, I, I'd like to see, and again, I'm not saying something bad, but I, I want to see Rory McConaughey really get into a game. I just think Piers Francis is having a good game. That first hit was huge. Yeah, I mean it was it was illegal, but yeah, apart from that, <laughs> I'm not. Why are you so pedantic? <laughs> um, I, I, he's up for it, um, which I like. Uh, he's um, there was a time where they said, "I hope you could have spread it wide." In my peripheral vision from watching that, I think they spread it wide. It would have been intercepted. So I just think he did the right thing. He's having a fine game. I mean, I think I think Cockenasiga seems to be being well marshaled. He hasn't had had the impact, um, and I wonder whether his true value comes when he and Manu are side by side, and defensive teams don't have the luxury of being able to kind of double up on 
him because they've also got to be covering Manu and, and it's creating options. Um, it, it seems that they're handling him at the moment. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. It's, uh, there's, look, I, I'm not, this to me is, uh, we're building on the last performance. And like we're saying, that's what World Cup's about. You've got to build into it. it, it it's all very well starting off amazingly and having a great game. But all but like if you're not performing at the knockout stages, you're screwed anyway. So it yep. is about um, so Burns games. I think we've done it. I think they've improved since last week. Um, it looks it certainly looks uh, sort of more organised. Maybe the wrong word, but it does look a bit more clinical. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, look, set piece is is very strong, very clinical. Um, I think England want to just keep you know utilizing that uh keep the scoreboard ticking over through that um i think i think the opportunities out wide will present themselves in the second half as you say probably in the last 20 minutes or so um but you know i think just respect the defense that the usa are presenting particularly that blitz defense you know there's a lot of very flat passes and the trouble is is when they're executing the blitz defense well which they are it it means that those passes become potentially problematic, and and um, you know I think if we're going to go wide, we need George Ford, who's having a great game, but we just need him to be aware. And from time to time, I think you know look for the pass out the back and just you know use that space to get it wider, break break down that defence, open up the gaps, and I think opportunities will present themselves. Yeah, we keep saying George Ford's having a good game. He's had a great year. Yeah. Um, Yes. Uh, they've just said Piers France. Right? Also, another thing, when after George Ford's first try, the first person who comes up to him is Joe Marler. And when they hug, watch how much it hurts George Ford. <laughs> like, they, they, they bounce into each other. And there's no, obviously, Joe Marler's not trying to hurt him, but he's just too big. He's too big. And George Ford's face was going, ooh, uh, which I quite enjoyed. Interesting. But, well, we had, a, we had a message from Billy during that half saying, Ford is so much better when he hasn't got fans telling him what to do from 12. I agree with that. I really do. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. Well, no, no. So that, uh, I want you to comment on it. Yeah, no, I, I, I think Billy's spot on there. I, but Ford, he looks, he looks uh, freer, doesn't he? He look, he looks more open. I mean, but if Farrell's at twelve, yes. I mean, it, it's kind of the that's kind of their relationship, isn't it? Uh, Faz is for daddy, and George Ford is for prison yard bitch. That's the um, <laughs> that's, that's how they know. No, I, I mean, naturally, that's going to happen because you know with. Owen Farrell, you know, they grow up together. Owen Farrell's a bit older. Owen Farrell's the captain of the team. So I, I agree when... Um, when Ford is properly marshalling the side, he he yeah. controls it very well, but he seems a little and bit redundant. Well, I, I think it's Owen Farrell. I, I don't necessarily think that he's scared of Owen Farrell or anything, but that is the role. He is... No, no, that's what I mean. But that's what I'm saying. So when Owen Farrell's on there, it's his job to call the shots and George Ford takes a back seat, as rightly perhaps you should do if you're you know, not the captain. Um, and and you know the captain is another playmaker, but yeah, it's. I, I guess there's a big question: which 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 one actually offers more of a threat? We would probably lean towards Owen Farrell, but you know you can't you can't argue with the way Ford's playing at the moment. And uh, I'm, it's a pleasure I'm, to watch. I'm, yeah, absolutely. At the moment, and it, I've gone full circle over the last few months. At the moment, my starting team has. Ford Farrell at the ten twelve axis, which is something I'd went against, uh, and something that you just said that you disagreed with. Uh, yes, maybe. <laughs> but when I said disagreed, I, I didn't mean necessarily disagree with it as a whole. George George Ford and Owen Farrell are both very 
brilliant players. If you had to go for one, just one of them, player, are you, are you go Farrell? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so what do we what do we want to see in the second half? Um, you know, obviously the win, obviously the bonus point, having got three of the four tries necessary for that. But um, you know, in in the wider, you know, we've got I think ten ten days until the next game. So what what are we what are we really looking to do in this second half? And more importantly, Dan, predictions. I think we'll get another three tries. I, I think fifty um, pointer. I think I think we'll see fifty points in this game. I, I think it'll be another three tries. What I'd like to see, I'd like us to try out some options. I, I don't mean go silly, but I'd like us to. Maybe, you know, try out some moves, just see whatever it is we may have up our sleeves for future. I'd like us to maybe see in a match situation, trying to run them. I don't mean give away any, you know, don't give away any sort of secrets or plans, but that's where... Would you start thinking about making some changes to some of the the players that we want to protect more? Um, I mean, it's a difficult Uh, one because obviously you've got people like Sinclair and Farrell on the bench. This game... You don't want to obviously... Yeah, no, exactly. And I think be careful changes... But we have got a bit of time, but this game will take a lot out of them. But, you know, when they keep saying how hot it is out there. Yeah, and I think, bear in uh, mind as well, if we are going to be utilising the set piece and particularly things like, you know, people talk about how much pressure England are putting the USA under in, in those attacking malls. But, you know, England, have, it's putting a, it's a, it's a lot, it's, a, it's, you know, it's hard work to, uh, to compete at those, when, you know, when you've got the ball in hand as well. Um, so you can't simply run around the pitch for 80 minutes doing that because you'd, all your players would die. Um, so Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you, you want to rest. You want to give people a chance. Sorry, I got distracted. Hev just brought up the wrong chocolate biscuits. If I've told her once, I've told her a hundred times. McVitie's. Dan, surely you but, didn't uh, get distracted. Uh, I know, I know. How weird. Uh, she, she'll, if she heard that, she'll shout at me. Uh, yes, it's true. It's a lot. We, we want to protect players. This can, you know, you need to make sure that our players aren't coming off absolutely knackered. Um, Fine. So, so in answer to my question, we want to see more of the same, um, but you also would like to see some examples of of things that we more of the same, but lots of change. More of the same, lots of change. I mean, it's, it's it's very clear. That's that's the the good thing about this podcast, Dan. You're you're very clear in what you're looking for. So, uh, there you go, guys. Uh, more of the same, and lots of change. Um, we will catch you at the end of the game. Okay, well, that's it. Full-time whistle, Dan. Uh, 45-7. We'll talk about the seven in a minute. Um, but bonus point win, 10 points from two games. England looking pretty strong at the moment and exactly where they want to be, right? Yeah, good second half. I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, I think I, I think we're exactly as Eddie said. We wanted 10 games up for 10, 10 points in games. 10 points up for the first two games. That's what we've got. What, what more? I mean, what might? It's more. We haven't got any injuries. The Piers Francis incident. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm wearing my rose tinted glasses here. Am I the only one who thinks that's nothing? Who thinks that's fine? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, look. I mean, we've tackled and Farrell was all right as well. I mean, that was the most ridiculous the Piers, red. But, okay. I mean, so that, but, but explain yourself. So, so what's what's your justification for the Piers to Francis? To me, and, and I being 
above the shoulder. I think he's gone in with the chest, and I think it's gone shoulder to chest. He's did his head. He's got both arms ready for the tackle. I don't think he's gone in shoulder to head. I think I think my uh, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because as England fans, it's like of of the entire thirty-one man squad. For a lot of people, Piers Francis is probably bottom of the list in terms of the order of. It's the most expendable. Yeah, yeah. So when people hear citing, I, I imagine that Eddie might have had a different thing to say if it had been Billy, for example. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think there isn't to, to me. There's no real re- with all the sort of stuff that's floating around at the moment. First, first contact of the game. You've clearly pre-planned it because you're the ones kicking off, so you know where the ball's going. You know who's been chosen to follow it up and put in the big hit. Why even take a chance? Why not just take him out through this midsection? It, there, there comes a point. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. You have to adapt. I think he's hoping to take him as he catches the ball. Of course perhaps he is. Of course he is. But, but perhaps but he catches the ball a split second earlier than he judged. So he can't get low enough in that time to do it. I, I don't... I don't know if it'll it, be a sighting. It might be a fan. Well... I don't think it'll be a sight. I mean... Is a sighting intended for as a as a replacement for a yellow card or a replacement no, no, for no, a red it's, card? It's, it's, no, it's all all a all a sighting means is it will go to commission for review and then from that they will make the decision. But what I mean is, it would have to be an incident, presumably, that would have resulted in a red card, not a yellow card. Uh, I don't know the exact rules as to how. So, so my point is, I, I would I would argue that was a yellow card offence, and therefore I'm not sure that you cite you would cite that. I, I don't know. I don't know the rules. Whereas, had they decided in, in you know after the event that it was a, a red well, card offence, then maybe if you're, say, if you're saying it's shoulder to head, that is a red card offence. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, mate. But either don't... way, whatever happens, happens from that. Yeah, exactly. The USA one was it was a moment of madness. It was absolutely ridiculous, and there's no arguments there. The only thing, <laughs> the USA captain afterwards said to a referee. He was trying to pull out. Now, I mean, I know a thing or two about pulling out, and that is no effort whatsoever to pull out. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Dan, let's talk about the seven points. At 45 uh, nil, with, a, with, a, with the game over, with, with the, the kind of, obviously, a World Cup campaign, the need to protect players, is there any excuse not to just get rid of the ball and get off the pitch? Don't take yeah, any chances. You, um, I, I mean, what, what chances is, were they taking? This is this is well, the chance of an injury. This is this is not me speaking from in, in hindsight. This is the minute the ball went into English hands after the the clock had gone red. Me screaming at the TV saying, "Kick the ball out! Kick the ball out! Kick the ball out!" Because there's just no added value. Like, yeah, sh- fine. Fifty nil sounds nice. Fifty two nil sounds nice, but it makes no difference whatsoever. But I think forty five nil. Sounds a lot better than forty-five to seven in terms of yeah. the impact it has on you later on. But but all of that aside, the point is, why spend any more time on the pitch where there are where there is a risk of injuries than is necessary? The bonus point, the win, so, and a considerable number of points were in the bag. Kick the ball off, get off the pitch, take your ten days. Uh, worry about Argentina. I, I mean, I'm, I'm one to talk here, but and there is an argument of going too soft, isn't there? You can't can't live your life like. Every every opportunity we can, we stop a game because you might get an injury. Um, you, you, you know, it's hard to it's it's very hard to sort of play a game 
on those bases, obviously, because England were there. They felt good. They felt they could get another try. I have no issue with it. Would the you, Americans. But what you, you say you can't live your life. I mean, you know, it's pretty standard protocol when the clock goes red, kick the ball out. Yeah, but if, if you're that much up, like you say, you say, you know, 52 nil sounds better than 45. 45- 45-7 doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference in the grand scheme of things. This is my point, though. Like it's it's about it's about maintaining the kind of the rugby brain, the smart making the smart decisions for the full eighty minutes for seven games in a row to win the World Cup. And it's just little things. You know, we talk we talked a lot um, in, in the past about in two thousand and three. We loved the way that the England team ran everywhere. You know, when the halftime whistle went, you know, they was ran off the pitch. It was little things that made absolutely no difference to the results and to the way that they played the game. But it was little things that just said, you know, they switched on. They know what they're doing. I just think the smart the smart call there was for someone to you know take control and go. No, the game is won. We don't need any more than that. Kick the ball off and let's move on. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I do get your point. And I, it was going just, so loose at that point anyway. And it wasn't. You know, I know that the following series of plays were very loose, but it was like. There's just yeah, you know, the guys were out on their feet. The ball was slipping around all over the place. Just get the ball off the pitch and let's move on. Because if yeah. something had come of it, you know, if an injury or something had had occurred as a result of it, it would just what what would have been the point? So, so my so yeah, I do agree with you. And but purely playing devil's advocate here, the other argument is other teams looking at that like, wow, England are never going to give in. It doesn't matter if they're forty-five nil and the whistle's gone. <laughs> well, they're I mean, still gonna they're that, still gonna take the game to you. That that would have worked if they'd scored the points. Uh, yeah, possibly. In, in, instead of throwing the ball around like it was made of baby it's oil, that, that ball. And, and, and then and conceding seven. When I say that ball, I don't mean it's a ball. Bearing in mind the humidity and the temperature, God, it was. Uh, no, that's that what I mean. Not not the the make of ball, but the the ball because of the conditions was like a bar of soap, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like Eddie said afterwards, the, these guys are, you know, world class players who can throw the ball around. The fact that they're struggling on both sides, clearly it's the conditions. So, yeah, I think when you ask the question at the beginning, you know, should we be concerned about a lot of the handling errors and things? I think there's definitely an element um, shown today that the conditions are making life very difficult. Um, but I think, you know, I think, the, as Eddie said, they're, they're getting more used to it. Um, I think they'll tighten that up a bit. Um, but, yeah, yes. back, back to positivity, 45 points, a bonus point win. England in a strong position in uh, in Group C, Pool C. And they certainly are. The next game will be an interesting one. Did you see the team that Adelalio had um, put up on the screen as his what his what team he'd pick? Uh, no, I did see the team that that the pundits in the we're, we're talking about afterwards. In, I don't know if yeah. the same one was it the one that had Daly at fullback? Yeah, I think so. It's after. I mean, we don't need to worry too much because we'll go through that near the time. Uh, it was just. But but okay, fine. We, we'll go through that near the time. But so my, for, but for my me, Elliot Daly today that. didn't seem to be that interested. I keep Elliot Daly at fullback for me. I mean, um, today he was very poor. Hey, he, he didn't stand out. Watson is looking good as well. I, I think, but I've got Watson on the wing. Yeah, I think Watson I has to go to fullback. <clears throat> Daily Daily needs to be taken out um, and and dropped. Um, I think he he there's something missing. Um, he, he's not he's not as good as he has been. We, we've got I, him in. I, I, I wouldn't say poor. We've but. got him in there as as being uh, essential because of his monster boot. Well, it hasn't been used yet. Um, well, it's not that of need to. <clears throat> he kicked away. He kicked away pretty much ninety nine percent of possession today. Uh, when I say kicked away, I'm not saying that they weren't necessarily good kicks, 
but you know he's he's supposed to be one of the best attacking fullbacks in world rugby well he didn't attack today he kicked everything he was out of position a number of times he made bad choices a number of times when there were overlaps i just think that there's there's something missing he, he's just not he's not firing like he was and when you've got someone like anthony watson in the kind of form that he's in and then you've got may noel coming back at some point hopefully not too soon uh, not too soon, not not too long from now. Um, Cock and Seager, who again I thought was a bit mixed today, but um, I'll come on to that in a moment. Um, and with all, and then and then you've got the, the the midfield with JJ looking awesome, but also feeling like you probably need a Ford Farrell ten twelve, and therefore you want Manu at thirteen. Is there an argument to say, well, stick JJ on the wing, have Watson at the back, and have no, no, May and no, 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 and have May, uh, May on the on the other wing? I mean, I I just think um, I think Daly at the moment is letting himself down a bit. I, I, yeah, and that's I also mean, a I'm, view that we're we're hearing a lot from a lot of people on Twitter. Yeah, I, I I'm not arguing that Daly's not playing his best rugby. I don't think he's been poor. Um, I, I, he's clearly in your shit book, so I will leave that a bit. What, what do you think? Where, where are you standing on uh, Rory McConaughey? A bit absent. Yeah. He's Does, not been bad. He's done nothing wrong. but He just hasn't really offered anything to go, oh, that's why he's been picked. You know, the try he scored, fine, he had to beat one man, but but that's one, you know, one-on-one wingers. Any, any world anyone class, could, any could winger that. in the world rugby should That was more that. JJ creating the opportunity to put him God. in. JJ's um, dummies are looking insane, aren't they? <laughs> I just don't see how you leave JJ and Watson out, but I also don't see how you leave Manu out, and I also don't see how you leave Ford out, and I don't see how you leave Farrell out. So we've got a problem. <laughs> no, I, I think for me, JJ's on the bench. I thought JJ was brilliant today, but I think he's on the bench and he can come on and change dynamics. Uh, I don't think you put him on the wing. Um, I personally would sit with Daly at fullback, but if Watson's bit there, I get it. Fair enough. Um, what did I just say I was going to come on to? Uh, oh, Cock and a Seager. Cock and a Singer, yeah. Cock and a Yeah, I tweeted saying, Joe, whilst I never want to see you running at me, is there a particular reason why with your 120 kgs and lightning pace, you keep slowing down to zero miles an hour just before contact? I don't understand why... And uh, you know, and this is aside from the try that he scored. Every time he went into contact, he just came to a standstill first and started sort of l- hovering, kind of almost looking for a little gap. And I'm like, you know, you're you're not there to to be the guy that jinks in and out of gaps. You're there to literally punch holes. So please I've, put put yeah. the gap, put your foot down, use that size, use that gas, and punch those holes. And when he did back himself um, and decide, now nah, I'm taking this one, and you, you saw the the, pay, the change of pace. Um, you know, he suddenly was just away and under the posts. Yeah, that was a great finish. Um, yeah, I, he, he's still a great. I, I, don't, I personally don't have him starting, but I, I think I'd... Do I have him on match day squad? Depending on Jack Noel, but he, I think he still offers a lot. I think it's important to have the option because of that size, but I think maybe he needs to try and do a little bit less because he's not the... He's not the kind of the jinky player who's gonna who's gonna sneak in and out and find little spaces and pirouette around players and stuff. He's he's there to team up with Manu, and offer a uh, an attacking physical attacking threat. Um, and I think when he you know that that and that's the role he needs to play. He needs to be a forward playing in the backs. Yeah, how did uh, Owen Farrell play well today? Didn't he? 
Farrell played well. It uh, looked good. Ford Ford was looking great until you jinxed him with your chat about you're only as good as your last kick. And then I think he <laughs> straight away put put that penalty long, um, so we didn't take advantage of that, and then missed his next two uh, after we scored tries. So thanks for that, Dan. Um, yeah, but, but then that when he finally got his kick back on, uh, which was McConaughey's try. You couldn't be in the corner, like the worst corner for a right-hand kicker. Yeah, true. He, he literally couldn't have hit that more one. central. He got, so he, he won you back over, did he? He won me back he over. He won me back over, yeah. Um, yeah uh, so and him getting man of a match or player of a match or whatever they call it these days, I think, that's a, I think that was the right call. Yeah, he. I mean, he controlled the game. He looked really good. Um, and I don't I don't think he, he that, that he sort of fell away when, when Owen Farrell came on. I thought they linked up quite well. Um, and yeah. I, think they've, I think they've made it very difficult not to pick them as the 10-12 axis um, for the big yeah, games. Yeah, I agree. I agree um, with that. Yeah. They look good, and you know, and it's leadership, isn't it? There's always been the talk about England need better leadership. Well, he clearly has got leadership skills because he he did a great job there as the captain, and then Owen Farrell comes on, and actually he he remained captain when Farrell came on. Talk to me about Ellis Genge's run. Should, <laughs> Ellis should, Genge, should, the baby, the baby rhino. Should he be allowed to step that well? I mean, should he be allowed to? I mean, that sh- should there be world rugby rules against being that uh, that aggressive? Um, yeah. yeah, that was awesome. That was great, wasn't it? That was awesome. Lewis Ludlam, I thought, was brilliant today. Yeah, Mark yes, Wilson, I think, job. has played himself into the back starting back row. Um, I did. I still disagree. So that's you saw that that was on Delalio's too. I've got Wilson on the bench, and I think Wilson is awesome. I am still just about favouring the uh, Kamikaze kid. Well, you, you uh, said it, but I, I didn't think I didn't. I mean, I, I think Curry is great, but I, I didn't think he did a huge amount today in terms of you know jackling at the breakdown. Um, I don't think he needed to, did he? I think I don't think you should go into any game not like if that's the role you've been put in there to do, and, and that that is one of the reasons why you know why we're talking two sevens. Um, then then you should be doing it every single time. When, so, so if you've got if, if you've got Wilson playing, who do you start, Curry or Underhill? I think you start Curry. Okay. Yeah. I think you start Curry. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Or maybe, maybe you start... Actually, no, maybe it's safer to start Underhill because he's more likely to knock himself out. And and then you have your replacement slash change. So maybe you start Underhill, Curry on the bench. And then when Underhill knocks himself out from some outrageous bit of jackling, um, followed by a run into the world's largest prop or something head first, then you obviously need to bring on Curry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, back, back row is another one. Very difficult. Ludlam looking very strong. Wilson looking very strong. Curry and Underhill we know looking strong. And Billy looking strong. And you can only have three of them. So, you know, difficult choices there. I think the second row picks itself. I think Cruz, I don't think today changed anything. I think Cruz and Toje are still the starting uh, locks. And I think Laws is the bench for, for as much as anything else because he's cover for the back row um, not that we need it but in terms of you know picking the numbers um, and I think he's better uh, and I think unfortunately Launchbury still a great player didn't have his best game today but um, probably just not quite there with the rest of them but I'm talking if I was picking the best 15 that we could possibly pick which may not necessarily be what they go for against Argentina because yeah. again, Eddie might be picking a team that's designed to take on a side that are physical and try and do a lot, in, you know, from from the scrum. Yeah, so yeah, it might it's be a different a... looking side to France, who perhaps are going to be looking to do a lot more flair, and so maybe you're looking at a side that's a bit more uh, agile against France. So, so yeah, it's it's a difficult one. It's one of the reasons why 
you hire a professional head coach because he can make the decisions that we can't. So it's not always just about saying what's our best 15 look like. It's what does our best 15 look like for the game in front of us. Uh, very nice of taking on the Eddie mentality. Yeah, but I think, but I think that's one of the things I like about him is that he has the ability to do that. You know, there's a lot of teams who, you know, in the world who they just, you know, it's a, it's about what's the best fifteen, full stop. And there's an argument to say if you want to be the best, then then you should just play your game and let everyone else try and deal with it. But I, I quite like the way that you know there are different ways to you know we have enough strength and depth to be able to say, do you know what, we can pick a slightly different team. For a different type of game plan. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think overall today, that what well on England could win. Hines, Youngs. Uh, I I actually didn't I'm think young, Hines looked still. as looked. I didn't think Hines looked as um, effective. Dangerous as he has. Yeah, previously. he didn't look as effective as he has done, and, and I think perhaps he is more effective coming off the bench. Yeah. Fresh legs, change of pace, and that perhaps Ben Youngs, with his experience, is act- is actually more valuable as the starting nine, um, and so I would expect that to be the case for the big games. Um, but that's that's fine. And like, like I said to you earlier, you know, we've only got two nines; they're both going to be involved. Um, but yeah, I think I think Youngs is probably the better option to start. But um, yeah. but yeah, look, great great result. Um, Ten points, England looking. Solid at the top of Pool C. Ten days off, big game to come. Well, not ten days off, but you know what I mean. Ten days yeah. off for us. Ten days off for us. Although we'll be back in between now and then. We will, because there'll be... Uh, what have we got coming up? So England, USA today. Italy, Canada was today. So we've got Argentina against Tonga. So that's one to watch. That's on Saturday. Um, see how Argentina get on there. You've got Japan against Ireland. Probably not going to be too tough for Ireland, but you never know. Japan did manage to beat South Africa. Speaking of whom, they then, they then play Namibia. So that's on Saturday. Sunday, you've got Georgia and Uruguay. The big one on Sunday is Australia-Wales. That's one that no one wants to be missing because, um, yeah, that's that's huge. Australia win that. They have qualified most likely top of the group. Um, Wales win that and yeah, the order of qualification is wide open. Yes, yes. Um, Scotland, Samoa. Scotland probably lose that. <laughs> France, USA next Wednesday. Uh, so that's probably about where we're going to get to, isn't it? New Zealand then play Canada. Don't think that's going to do very much. But yeah, so Wednesday, Thursday is probably when we're likely to drop another episode. So we'll have yeah fair, a fair amount to to catch up on when we do that. Um, but yeah, I think look, it's another good day at the office. Um, there's no 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 injuries or no major injuries. The only real concern is a potential sighting. Um, but as it, as Eddie said, we'll take what comes and and deal with it. Um, I think you know, onwards and upwards. And um, well done, England. Good win, and we are two steps nearer to picking up the William Webb medalist. We are. That's two two out of seven. Yes. Ten points from two out of seven games. We need to just keep going. five five more to go. Uh, guys, is that right? Five. Is that all it is? Yeah, me. Uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in once again. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, as we always say, if you get an opportunity, head over to iTunes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. If you've got any comments for us, if you uh, if you want to send us a review on email or on social media, or you just want to let us know anything uh, that you think would be interesting, um, perhaps you're out in Japan um, and tuning in and. You want to? Uh, can we? Can we? Can we have? Things. Can we have less of those reviews? People telling me about how they're in Japan going to the matches. It just makes me angry. 
So there you go. You've heard it there. We'll get a load of them. Let, let's get plenty of those in then. Um, yeah, that's uh, at England Rugby Pod on social media or englandrugbypod at gmail.com. And we will be back midweek to give you a roundup of what has been happening in the World Cup. Um, and then, of course, we'll be back a week on Saturday for England against Argentina as we go for three out of three. We'll catch you then. <laughs>